Welcome to The Money Hour with Tina Mitchell. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC. Now, in the studio, local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome to the Money Hour at 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 17th show. I am your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell. Each week I share expert advice and inside knowledge on how today's events and our local economy can affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are li listening to a rebroadcast to connect with my guest or connect with myself, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And my lineup for today's show, Tyler McKenzie, owner and designated broker with John L. Scott Real Estate, West Seattle. I have a lot of real estate brokers that listen to my show, so this one's for you. Brokers, listen up. You better fully commit or step away from the business. Advice coming from Tyler. Also in studio, Keith Medley and Brian Walker with Final Phase Inspection. How to spot hidden issues on flipped homes. And my last guest in, guest in studio, Jennifer Black with Caring Transitions Seattle. Understanding the why of what Caring Transitions Seattle is all about. And great information, great guest in studio. As always, for more information on any topic discussed, please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. And now for today's Money Chat. Money. Money. So today I wanted to share a low appraisal solution. With the lack of inventory, it's a crazy real estate market out there. To be competitive, buyers are waiving finance contingency or agreeing to pay the difference in appraised value if the appraisal comes in low. I will say I'm not having issues with appraisals not supporting the agreed purchase price, but this does not solve the concern that you may have about the possibility of the appraisal coming in low. This concern may make you nervous about going in with your best foot forward and being able and willing to waive the appraisal contingency if you feel that's the best option for you. I'd like to eliminate that concern so that you can go in with a strong offer and put yourself in a good position when competing in this multiple offer arena. So here is my creative financing solution. Buy out private mortgage insurance. Now, we don't have a visual with the show, but you should be able to stick with me on this to see what a huge benefit and a creative finance option uh, that this can do for you. So let's say a contract, your purchase price uh, offer was accepted at $700,000. you are doing a loan to value of 80% or a 20% down payment to avoid paying PMI private mortgage insurance. The loan amount would be $560,000. Down payment at 20% would be $140,000. Your principal and interest payment at a 4.5% interest rate, I'm not quoting interest rates to here. This is just for illustration purposes only. There's a lot of factors and market conditions that's going to affect your rate. But at an estimated 4.5%, that would put your principal and interest payment at 2837 does not include taxes and insurance. Now, let's say that the appraisal value comes back low. 
$100,000. That means it came in at $600,000 when your offer price was $700,000. So here's the creativity. We'll lend up to 95%, putting your loan amount at $570,000. The down payment, let's take it down to 5%. This would only be $30,000 plus the short and the appraisal of $100,000. So now that brings you up cash out of pocket at $130,000. You were planning on coming in with $140,000. Now we do have to add in a one-time cost for buying out the mortgage insurance, your PMI buyout. Uh, in this example, we'll say $9,975. That's 1.75% of the loan amount. So that means total cash out of pocket would be $139,975. This is $25 less than the original $140,000 you were planning on coming in with. Now, let's talk about even the better news. Principal and interest payments, same interest rate, 4.5%, illustration purposes only. Total principal and interest payment would be $2,888. It's $51 a month higher. $25 less cash, only $51 higher in the mortgage payment. So this is a great solution for you to be able to go in with confidence and possibly at your, with your agent's recommendation or coaching on what might need to be done. Because ultimately, as a buyer, you have to decide what you're willing and not willing to do. Um, I should back step because your agent broker is not going to tell you what to do, just give you the options of what you need to do. But I will say in this competitive market, you have to go in strong. So there's some decisions that you need to make to make your offer appealing with all of the other multiple offers. So this is a way for you to go in with confidence that it's okay if the appraisal value doesn't come in at value and you're okay paying that additional um, paying that additional amount for the home but still not having to come in with additional funds at closing. Now, in this situation, there is all of the solutions. Seller reduces the price by $100,000 to match the appraised value. That is not going to happen. Not in this market, not in this environment that we're in right now. The second option is you, the buyer, keeps the agreed price and comes in with additional cash needed at closing. Maybe that's the option that you were concerned about and did not want to have to do. Option three, buyer lows, lowers the down payment to 5%, just as I said, and private mortgage insurance buyout, again, costs $9,975. This would be paid by the seller instead of lowering the purchase price by hundred grand. so the difference in negotiation is $9,025. Now, that's not going to happen if you waived your appraisal contingency. So option four, which we just went over, buyer lowers the down payment to 5%. The cash needed at closing lowers $25, including the buyout of the private mortgage insurance with a payment increase of $51 a month. Not knowing all of your options to possibly be, be competitive in the market could possibly lose your dream home. And that's really what I wanted to go over with today is to help you see that there are options out there, financial options that you want to make sure that you see them all. And that's Money Chat for today. Coming up next on the Money Hour, are you a real estate broker trying to navigate through today's real estate environment? You will not want to miss my next guest, Tyler McKenzie, owner and designated broker with John L. Scott Real Estate, West Seattle, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. 
You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday February 17th show. I am dedicated to my listeners, providing you with the tools needed to make informed decisions on matters that affect your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com to connect with the guests that I have in studio or connect with uh, me, your host. And right now in studio, I have Tyler McKenzie, owner, designated broker with John L. Scott, real estate, West Seattle. For all of my real estate brokers listening to the show, this one is for you. Brokers, listen up. You're, you better fully commit or step away from the business. Coming directly from Tyler. Tyler, thank you so much for coming back into studio. Tina, thank you. It's always a delight. Good to see you. You too. And a little bit about Tyler. As owner, designator broker, Tyler is responsible for the supervision of the broker team. A residential real estate professional in the greater Seattle area since 2001, Tyler has been delivering successful outcomes to home buyers and sellers through both the best and worst times in the industry. Tyler believes what has helped him succeed during even the most difficult periods of real estate are his marketing, negotiation, and creative problem-solving skills, which is now employs in leading our te- his team of top producer brokers. Considered a top leader in his professional locally as well as the state and national lever- levels, Tyler's impressive credentials include 2016 Washington Roll Tours Realtor of the Year and 2016 King County Roll Tours Realtor of the Year, 2017 Imna News, Imna Invader Awards nominee, most in- initiative agent, 2015 President, Seattle King County Roll Tours, 6,000 plus members, Vice President of Membership, 2017 Washington Roll Tours, 18,000 plus members, 2016 Leadership Academy, National Association of Roll Tours, NAR, one of the 18. Agents selected from across the nation's 1.3 million members to participate. 2016 through 2017, Director NAR, Board of Directors of Community Member, Certified International Property Specialist, Advisory Board, and Chair Standing Global Real Estate Council, Seattle King County Roll Tours. Tyler also maintains his real estate instructor's license and appears regularly on industry-related podcasts and other media outlets nationwide, of course, right here on the Monday hour and just very proud to uh, to have you here Tyler and appreciate as busy and all the things that you do not only in your real estate uh, broker company managing and having top agents but everything that you give back to our community and to the real estate agents with all of your uh, time committed to helping things be the way that they should be so again Tyler thank you for being here oh, thank you Tina I wasn't uh, aware that you can read all of that. Well, of course I would. I don't want to leave anything out. I want to know my listeners. I've got the best of the best right here in studio with me. So let's start out this uh, topic again. You know, it's for uh, real estate brokers that are listening because I have a lot of them that listen to the show, but also on a consumer to really understand the importance of what happens behind the scenes for a real estate broker and some of the challenges that they're going through and why it's so important to make sure that you're working with an industry leader, somebody that's established in, in the market, or at least is a around uh, agents that are navigating through this crazy, and I'd like to say once in a lifetime career, but for me over two decades, I've never seen anything like this. So, you know, it's just, it's crazy out there. So Tyler, um, bold statement that I announced uh, here, brokers, listen up, you better fully commit or step away from the business. 
Can you explain? Uh, I can. I'm going to uh, preface that by commenting on your introduction to the show and your okay. comments about um, financing, uh, specifically um, buyers electing to waive all of their contingencies. And this message goes out to licensees out there. If you're telling your buyers to waive all of their contingencies, I invite you to leave the business. Yes. Uh, it is not for us to tell our clients what to do. It is for us to help our clients make informed decisions. And whenever I have a conversation with a buyer about what it takes to win in this uh, crazy environment of ours, it is precisely a conversation about what it takes mm -hmm. to win, not what they should be doing. So um, I want to make that distinction and thank yes. you for also doing that. Yes. I had to back up a little bit in the way I was, was said it because exactly, you're yeah. really just giving all of the options, not advising, but here's what Absol it is and you make a decision. Absolutely yes. right. You hit it dead on. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was invited to, by Zillow to um, go speak with some of their sales force and talk with them about what it means to be in our profession. Um, they thought it would be useful to have me come in and do that. And mm -hmm. one of the um, one of the questions that they really wanted to have an answer to was, "What is it like to be in our profession?" So I entered the room, and there were about oh, dozen and a half or so millennials sitting around a large table. Mm -hmm. We had a feed in from New York and one from California. And I looked at everybody around the room and I, I asked the question, how many of you work seven days a week? Uh, two hands went up. Okay. Acknowledge that and said, uh -huh. okay, for the rest of you and for those of you who do work seven days a week, how many of you do it for free? And of course, no hands went up. Yep. Uh, and I said, that is the life of a realtor in our profession. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes we'll work with buyers and sellers for days, weeks, months, even yeah. years on end, offering the best counsel that we have to give and not get compensated yes. for it. And you know, to my mind, I think this is the toughest white collar profession there is out there. Um, I know in my own business I work seven days a week. Um, I know that most of my brokers work seven days a week. Mm -hmm. It's by choice. Sure. You know, we, we obviously decided that we wanted to do this for a living, mm -hmm. but um, it is grueling in that regard, and it's made more so by the climate that we're in. Yes. I, you know, for instance, I wrote an offer last week for clients uh, on a West Seattle property. There were seven, uh, 11 pre-inspections, four going on when we were doing ours, there were ultimately 11 offers tendered. Uh, I'm pleased to say that my clients prevailed. Um, but that's the climate that we're in, yes. and that means that's 10 buyers who went home without a house yep. and 10 brokers who went home without a paycheck. And definitely probably not the first one that they got turned exactly. down. Exactly. Yes. So my message to new licensees out there is that don't get into this business unless you intend to be all in. Yes. Period. Yeah. If you want to kick tires or flip houses or or dabble with it, this is not the right place, not the right climate, not the mm -hmm. right profession. Yeah, great advice. I know that's a pretty direct well, but it's a direct as good. It's message. the truth. And, you know, really coming in and understanding what you're getting yourself into. Um, it's it's a great industry to be able to help people get homes mm -hmm. and people's offers are getting accepted. But it's you have to go out there and you've got to fight mm -hmm. the fight. And I know a lot of times um, agents being that you're um, uh, not telling your clients what they need to do, but giving them all their options. There's a lot of times contracts are going, you're going through the process and writing that up, knowing that, you know, there's not going to be a possibility that they're going to get it, but that's what the client wants to do and to be able to submit to move mm -hmm. forward. So it's a lot of work. So Tyler, what other things do licensees need to know? Uh, what else do licensees? I know there's a lot, but... <laughs> um, 
again, I think if you're going to get into the business, you need to know that it's you, that you have to be all in. I won't hire people who are not committed to yes. to a successful outcome. Um, first and foremost, uh, you should know getting into the business that um, there are going to be a lot of up at bats with a lot of strikes and a few a few hits. Mm-hmm. And um, if you come out of the starting gate and you have a string of successes, that's fabulous. But if you haven't developed the tools to build a, a marketing plan and manage a database and and uh, develop a pipeline, then after those successes, you're going to fall on hard times and wonder what the heck happened to all of your business. Yeah. So it's, um, uh, you know, I, I, I counsel our team members that any system is better than no system. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's on a napkin, I don't care. I want to see a business plan. I want yes. to see that you have a vision for an outcome that's achievable, that there's synergy between what you want and your ability to accomplish it, and that it's well considered. And I just, you know, I've turned a corner on this business in the last six months to a year. And I am I, just, my time is too valuable to devote it to uh, members of our profession who are not prepared to do what yeah. it takes to behave ethically, responsibly, mm-hmm. and um, effectively, and, and to serve their clients' best interests. Yeah. And, you know, Tyler, I, I believe, and I know you do uh, as well, that um, where challenge is opportunity, and I really think an equal portion. Mm-hmm. So how do you share that with your agents that really this is in this challenging environment, challenging for the agent because it's challenging for their buyers, um, the lack of inventory and all of that? What is the opportunity in this market right now for a real estate broker? I think this is the best profession there is, mm-hmm. and the opportunity is 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 not just to build a path to personal success, but to help people achieve the American dream. Yes. Uh, as a realtor, uh, and you are familiar with my background, um, there's nothing I'm more passionate about than what I believe is our mission, which is to to uh, as I said before, preserve the American de- dream and protect mm-hmm. people's most expensive investment that they will be making likely in their entire lives. And if you're a retiree, and I know we have a guest who's going to be talking about that, uh, protecting your 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 retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about building wealth and preserving wealth. Yes. And um, you know, studies have shown that homeownership, uh, people who own homes are substantially wealthier than those who do not. Mm-hmm. By an order of magnitude, generally speaking, communities are more stable um, where there is a high degree of homeownership. And all of these things are important in, in just keeping intact the fabric of our society. Yeah. So being prepared and have a realistic understanding of the challenges that are coming in, um, having a really great plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is it to be successful in this market as a uh, real estate broker? Um Acting with integrity, of course, mm-hmm. because your reputation is everything. And if you are planning on building a by referral business, then referrals matter. Um, uh, great case in point. I just saw an interview recently uh, with Simon Sinek, who's a big leadership uh, consultant uh, across multiple industries. But he was being in- interviewed within the real estate industry recently, and he commented about his own um, experience buying a house. And uh, it was in another part of the country, but effectively it was it was an unfortunate experience. He did not feel that he was well advocated for. Okay. This tells me two things. Know your client, especially if he's got a national audience and to, to the tune of many millions of people. Yes. <laughs> and and take care of your client. Uh huh. Whether it's that person with a big audience or somebody with an audience of one, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. 
Our job is to take care of our clients yeah. and to advocate for them and protect their interests. So the biggest recipe for failure. Uh, don't do any of those things. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I could assume the biggest recipe for success would be to follow uh, all of that advice. Yeah, to, yeah. to um, pull up your bootstraps and yeah. get cracking and know that this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. It is uh -huh. definitely a race of tortoises. Yeah. And uh, it's a wonderful profession. But it's, you know, if, if you do well in a climate like ours today, imagine how well you will do when things are easier whenever yes. that day comes. And if you do really well in a climate like it is today, imagine what a step up you have from all of your competitors because exactly. majority cannot mm -hmm. or are not able to survive in this environment. So uh, let's talk about the difference between a realtor and a realtor. <laughs> okay, well, well uh, our profession the importance has, of a realtor. We have a trademarked uh, moniker called Realtor. <laughs> Two syllables, ladies and gentlemen, not Realtor. Um, so Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors, which is the largest trade association on the planet. Uh, we advocate for property rights, and we advocate for our ability to do business. Uh, without us, uh, frankly, I think there would be legislative anarchy. Case in point, we've got 39 municipalities in King County alone. Mm -hmm. As realtors, we are at every municipality's doorstep saying, hey, you know, we're here to protect our clients' property rights. And um, I can give you, you know, mul a multitude of different stories uh, relating to what might happen if we're not there. Yes. The good news is that we are. Yes. And uh, there are lots of people who benefit from the advocacy that Realtors practice both at the um, local and state and even national level mm -hmm. um, who are not Realtors but are licensed to, real to sell real estate. And uh, when I'm talking to my clients, I, I have a very simple uh, statement. I am a member of a profession. People who aren't realtors are simply licensed to sell real estate. Yeah, yeah, great, uh, great definition there. And I want to, you know, a shout out again and thank you for all the time that you um, you spend because it's time away from your family. It's time away from your being able to um, uh, your your business and what you do with your buyers and sellers. So, uh, Grace, you greatly appreciated that you. you're uh, that you have that commitment. So, as we're wrapping things up here, uh, Tyler, if there's an agent that's listening of getting in the industry or is having a challenge where they're at, um, how do you decide on the best brokerage to go to? Because there is there's a lot of options out there. Well, I can't imagine anybody who's competent not wanting to come work with us because we're the best <laughs> there is, um, and we also have the best looking office in town. I'm it it is gorgeous. I will have to. I will have to say yes. But in the absence of that, uh, never make your decisions based on the lowest cost. Make your decisions yeah. based on the best support and the best leadership and the best mentorship, mm -hmm. um, the best tools available to growing your industry, your business. Yeah. Um, there are too many people who are in a race to the bottom. Uh, that's not certainly who we are as a company sure. uh, or as a brand. And if you want to expand your business and experience growth then you want wind in your sails. And yes. uh, you get that from companies like ours. Yeah, uh, well said. And just like anything else that you're purchasing, discounted shop e equals discount, discounted price you equals you discounted for. service. Yep. Yes, exactly. Tyler, thank you so much for uh, coming back in studio. Look forward to having you again, hopefully really soon. Always a pleasure, Tina. Thanks. And coming up next in the Money Hour, are you thinking about purchasing a flipped home? How to spot hidden issues? Keith Medley and Brian Walker with final phase inspection right here in 1150 AM, KKNW, after this short break.
You may have noticed our community is experiencing a homeless crisis like never before. But what you might not know is that homeless families, especially mothers with children, are on the rise. They're one of the fastest growing groups right now. They are unsafe on the streets. And although they may not be visible, they are out there and they need our help. Mama's Hands is changing lives in our community through the House of Hope. It's a shelter for women and children in need. House of Hope provides not only support services, but a home-like environment for these families. After they graduate from the program, House of Hope staff continue to keep the families engaged and supported through a whole year-long aftercare program. I'm Kimberly Jackson, director at Mama's Hands. We would love to have you get more involved in helping homeless families and individuals in crisis in our community. Please visit our website at mamashands.org. That's M-A-M-M-A-S-H-A-N-D-S dot O-R-G, mamashands.org. Thank you. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 17th show. I build a network of elite industry professionals each week sharing their, sharing their knowledge and expertise to my listeners. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. To talk with my guest or connect with them, please call the show at one 855 411150 Again, that's one 855 or online at themoneyhour.com. And next guest right here in studio, I have Keith Medley and Brian Walker with Final Phase Inspection. How to spot hidden issues on flipped homes. Well, thanks, you guys, for coming back. I love having you here representing the inspection space and the wealth of knowledge that both of you have, so thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here, Tina. Yeah, thanks for having us back. You're welcome, Brian. A little bit about both Keith and Brian. Keith Medley is born and raised in the Pacific Northwest, giving him firsthand experience with the changing weather's patterns and the seasonal issues that affect our homes and our lives. Keith began working in the residential construction industry over 30 years ago. And with the experience gained from over a thousand inspections and five years of continued business growth, Keith continues to guide and develop a final phase inspection as a premier care. Keith is also a member of the leadership team and strategic partner with Legacy Success Alliance, an organization focused on protecting our seniors and families by empowering individuals to save time, money, and reduce stress while creating peace of mind and successful legacies for all generations. And Brian Walker was also born and raised in the Northwest and also has 30 years experience as a contractor serving the needs of the Puget Sound homeowners. His extensive knowledge and hands-on experience, including remodels, repairs, and new construction, as well as restoration for fire and water damage. With hundreds of successful home inspections and years of experience as a licensed home inspector and structural pest inspector, Brian is a proud member of the final phase inspection team heading up the South End operations. And I love saying Lyndon Lacey. <laughs> That's yeah. the areas uh, that they work over at Final Phase uh, Inspection. And excited about the topic. Uh, we haven't brought this into studio uh, with you guys yet. So first time in all the years that you guys have re- represented the inspection space uh, here for my show. How do, you, how do you spot hidden issues on flipped homes? Now, in current real estate market, 
of historical low inventory and historically high home prices, we are seeing more and more homes being renovated or flipped with property addresses critical to potentially dangerous issues. Learning how to spot hidden issues on flipped homes will save you a significant waste of time and want money and stress because wasted time yes. and wasted money is a stressed out life. Yes, it is. Yeah. So Keith, what do you mean by hidden issues? Well, let's preface this uh, First, hidden issues is just something we can't see. But remember, we're talking about a flipped home. And a flipped home is really a situation where somebody has purchased a property with mm -hmm. the sole intention of selling it for more money than they purchased it for. This can be an investor, a uh, contractor. Um, people that own their homes and remodel it to sell it is not typically what we, fer we refer to as a flipped home. But a hidden issue on a flipped home can be something that is simply uh, was not disclosed. Yeah. And it could be accidentally not disclosed, and it could be intentionally not disclosed. Um, in many cases, issues just can't be seen. Um, other cases we find, and this is really the issue we're talking about today, is where issues are intentionally not disclosed and then intentionally hidden, That's meaning scary. effort has been placed to hide something that was wrong with the house, uh, ultimately resulting in... in uh, many, many different conditions. Um, in some cases, they will come to light maybe during a home inspection. In mm -hmm. some cases, they're hidden to the point that as a home inspector, they're difficult to find. But these hidden issues um, typically, well, remember that contractors are professionals and they're professional hiders if they want to. So they can hide yeah. things in a way that... And you're saying not everybody is uh, has integrity. Not everybody does. There <laughs> yeah. are many, many wonderfully flipped homes. But yes. there are there are cases, and, and Brian will address this as well, but there are cases where they're forced into a, a situation where they're, can they make money or can't they? And yes. if they find that they can't make money, the first way to do it is to spend a little to hide it rather than spend a lot to yeah. fix it. Yeah, pretty scary. So, Brian, why are we seeing more hidden issues on flip homes right now? What is causing this to escalate? Well, it seems the main key to this discussion is the the market and yes. its condition. Uh -huh. Low inventory, as we see prices start to skyrocket in some of these markets. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty much flippers and investors are almost completely out of the core area. Yes. It's just because prices are in the millions. So what that's doing is it's forcing people out mm -hmm. and they're looking at more distressed properties. They're paying more for them. Where is your first time home buyer at? The same place that all these investors are at. Yeah. So there's a big fight for mm. these homes. So when a when an investor gets there, he may have spent more than what he thought or he or she thought they were going to spend. Uh -huh. And now their margin for repair is much less. Got it. So what that does is that tends to make them want to come up with some creative ways to fix things mm -hmm. or, or man, you know, a little more paint here, I think, will make this look fine. Yeah. Wow. So you want to... When you walk up to it, you want to make sure and, and be careful what you're looking at. And a yep. lot of these investors now, they'll get wholesale properties. Mm -hmm. Well, when they're on auction, they can't go look at them. Yep. So they're taking a really big risk. And then they're passing that risk on Ex to the new buyer if they can get away with it. Exactly. Yeah. Any chance they get. Yeah. So, and, and it's, I don't want to believe that people are intentionally um, being less integrity 
for but there are yeah some although i think people are being forced into this position yeah and so it mm. it makes the whole buyer beware much larger sign than yes normal. yeah so so true so keith what is the best way to st- um, spot these issues even during a quick initial walkthrough you know that's really what what we hope to share with your listeners is that that 10 to 15 minute walkthrough that you're going to get with Uh your realtor or by yourself when you swing by that house is really the time to try and make some decisions. You know, time is is so limited for all of us right now um, so that deciding to move forward or not could mean the difference of did you see something that makes you question the condition, the integrity of of this purchase. So the best way to do it is to to follow a very simple process. In 10 to 15 minutes, uh, a buyer can walk up to a house, spend two minutes walking around the outside. Most people don't do that. They go in through the front door and forget so much of what you can see and learn happens on the outside of the house. Yes, makes sense. And it's not what you see when you're looking eye level at things. Look down Mm -hmm. at your feet and look up because that's where most of the issues are. Foundation-wise, roof-wise, uh-huh. you know, things like that. Um, the other thing is to leverage some very simple tools when you're out there looking. You don't need to be a home inspector at all, and you don't have to carry a tool belt. Your keys are a great uh, tool to tap on siding or probe something that may not look right. We certainly don't want to encourage people t- to stick their fingers through damaged siding, but yeah. a key um, could could say that, boy, there is damage here and we can certainly see it by by testing and, and tapping the the other thing is uh, use your eyes your nose mm-hmm. are there a bunch of plug-in scent blocks are they trying to hide smells is there a dehumidifier running down in the basement of a daylight basement meaning yes. that there may be issues so look for the signs look beyond we call it the the creamy center right there are things that aren't that aren't aesthetic that really should give an indication as to c- conditions and lastly and I'll re- reiterate this look up look down mm-hmm. look look outside of your primary level scope of field because okay. that's where you'll see things. Yeah, okay. So Brian, what about the most common hidden uh, issues that are found on the outside of the house? Well, let's start by talking about siding. Obviously, I'll use LP siding as an example because Mm -hmm. it's the most known to have issues. Uh So a lot of times when you walk up to a house, generally with LP siding, it has grain to it. There's a grain pattern stamped into it. I go around the house sometimes and I see smooth spots. Well, that shouldn't be there. More than likely, they may have had a little bit of damage. Okay. Cleaned it out and then puttied it over, maybe caulked Uh. it and painted it. These are really good indications that there may be an issue, an underlying issue. Another thing you do, it's really easy because when you're walking around, like Keith was talking, look up, look down. Mm -hmm. Generally, the lower portions are going to show on the face of the siding, where as you're walking through, you can also look up at the bottom of the siding. And if you see swelling or see some fat siding when it shouldn't be, Uh you know that you could have possibly a bigger issue than you may, may consider. You can also go around, like Keith said, you don't want to go around and push your finger through the siding and yeah. damage people's homes. Although you can push on it a little bit and feel that softness. All that siding and those materials should be rigid and hard. And if they're not, if they have there's some, issue. yeah, if there's some flex, there could be more there. Okay. The, the other thing you want to look at is the roof. And a lot of times, obviously, all roofs have some sort of color. And as long as they're not black to start with, it's really easy to identify some things. 
So if you have darker, splotchy areas on a mm-hmm. roof with maybe brown or white, that could be a matter that somebody's pressure washed it. Or okay. you could have brand new roofing in a spot, and that could mean repairs. Uh-huh. It'll, it'll question things in the attic. Okay. So when you want to know if there's issues in the attic, the best way to look is, again, using Keith's reference, look up. Yes. The ceiling and the top of the walls are going to be your best indicator if there's issues. Fresh paint, mm-hmm. you know, that's the same as putting scent blocks, you know, in the house to okay. make it yeah. smell better. Yeah. If you see mm. fresh paint, I always look a little harder. Yeah. Okay. You know, so it's those, that's what I see on the exterior. So, Keith, what about you, other major issues on the outside of the home? Well, there's there's really two other main ones that we're running into. Um, the first one being foundation issues, cracks in the foundations and, and potentially settling sections of homes. Uh-huh. Um, typically on the outside of a house, you're only going to see a few inches of the exposed concrete wall when you're outside. And again, we don't encourage people to go you know, crawling through someone else's crawl space. But on the outside, if you see signs of cracks, uh, a significant crack for reference, if you can take your pinky finger sideways and stick it in that crack, Uh then it's a relevant crack. Okay. The other thing to look for is not only the one crack, but we call them opposing cracks, meaning that cracks could exist in a foundation that a certain corner of that foundation is cracking and settling away. So look for those signs because typically if you're seeing uneven floors or a certain corner of that house seems to slope down, Mm -hmm. could be a foundation issue. And again, Mm. that's where you bring a professional in to look. But we're also seeing where people have repaired those cracks to try and hide them. Anytime yeah. you see a uh, something that looks like a foundation has been repaired, it's, it's a big flag because okay. foundations typically shouldn't require repairing. If it's been painted, another thing. Yeah. Um, lastly is moisture in the crawl space. And again, we're here in the Northwest where moisture mm-hmm. is our, our friend. Um, it's also when you look at a Uh, walk around the outside of a building and you see a pipe sticking out of one of the foundation vents, either Uh a white pipe or black pipe. It means there's a sump pump under there. Sump pumps only go into places where there's extra water that they're trying to get rid of. Look at the ground outside. Is it mushy and soft? Mm -hmm. Do you see these signs that they're trying to get water out of the foundation? Um, Those are the things that sometimes people won't mention that there's an issue, but there are signs that there are issues. Okay. So, Brian, we've talked about the outside of the house. Let's go ahead and move into the inside. What are Mm -hmm. some hidden issues that you see with inside the home? Well, a lot of your issues are going to happen around moisture areas. So let's talk about plumbing and fixtures um, and where they connect to walls, floors, and cabinets. So... What you'll see is a lot of times, let's say kitchen sinks, for instance, Mm -hmm. people seem to pack a large amount of stuff into their kitchen sink, (laughs) you know, (laughs) under their sink in their cabinet. It's amazing. You open it up and you wonder why the doors aren't popping off. Yeah. Well, if if an investor gets in there and he hasn't had a chance to see the house, Uh he or she, um, then they're like, oh, my gosh, we we have this issue under the sink. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to dry it out and then we're going to put some vinyl over the top of it. No one will ever see it. Mm. I always look underneath those things because inevitably I always find damage under yeah, those huh. under those areas. So other places are as well in the bathroom sinks. Look around the floors, like around your bathtub mm-hmm. and around the toilets. If there's some differences in the flooring, some deficiencies you might see there, maybe it's not smooth. Another way they're doing it is they're... Um, 
they're putting in, you know, the, the laminate flooring is the fix-all for everything right now. Uh-huh. So they're putting laminate flooring over top of existing bathroom floors instead of tearing it out and making sure there's wow. no damage underneath. Yeah. A lot of times we'll get in, there was a brand new floor and get in a crawl space and the subfloors rotted out. Yeah. And they just went right over the top of it. Wow. You know, so those are the things, you know, and again, going back to looking at your ceiling. Yes. You know, which all transfers from the attic down, your roof. If your roof line is sagging, you can, yep. you know, it just transcends, like Keith was saying, it just transcends through the whole building. Yeah. So, so I, you know, there's just a, a, a lot of issues that could come up with hidden right. issues, um, uh, things that maybe um, trying to avoid from you seeing and just be cautious of that. And thank you guys for coming in and bringing this into studio and uh, we'll have you back again soon. Thanks, Tina. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Coming up next on The Money Hour, Caring Transition Seattle, understanding the why of what they do. Jennifer Black with Caring Transition Seattle right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. Would you like to make a real difference for local individuals and families that are struggling with poverty, homelessness, abuse, and violence? Assistance League of the East Side is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization that works to improve the lives of our neighbors every day. With your generosity, we can help individuals and families right here in our community through our philanthropic programs, including Operation School Bell. This year, Operation School Bell has provided 3,500 local children in need the opportunity to shop for new clothes, shoes, and coats. This helps them focus on learning, and they go to school with more confidence. To learn more about how you can become a volunteer with our organization or make a tax-deductible donation, visit aleastside.org. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage and finance expert, Tina Mitchell. Welcome back to The Money Hour with your host and mortgage expert, Tina Mitchell, right here on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, February 17th show. I am here to empower our community, providing you opportunities and solutions when it comes to your money. If you're hearing my show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. You can call the show at one 855 411150. Again, that's one 855 411150 or go online at com to discuss anything regarding money with the guests that I have in studio today. Jennifer, thank you so much for uh, for coming back. Oh, happy to be here. Thank you. And that is my next guest, Jennifer Black with Caring Transitions Seattle. I just said thank you to her before I introduced her. <laughs> Understanding the why of what Caring Transitions Seattle does. And a little bit about uh, Jennifer. Jennifer brings to Caring Transitions over 20 years of experience covering real estate sales, account development, and sales management. She has been in the Northwest residence for over 49 years and is excited to provide much-needed services in Northwest families. Caring Transitions services are solution-based and designed to help families navigate home transitions due to moving aging parents to senior housing relocation, divorce, or death. No matter the scope of the project, they seek to streamline the process and minimize stress. And... You know, I'm all about streamlining, and it just um, makes life a whole lot easier altogether. So understanding the why of, of what you guys do with uh, Caring Transitions, you were one of the first Caring Transitions office in the Northwest. Why did you decide to become a senior downsizing specialist, Jennifer? 
Well, you know, personally, we had family that was going through downsizing, uh, and they had needs. And as we started to look around, we realized that there just weren't a lot of people out there that could provide services to, yes. to assist them. And uh, so it just kind of uh, piqued our curiosity. And we thought, well, if our families needed assistance, there's got to be a lot of other families out there that do as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so that kind of started us down this path. Um, you know, what are the opportunities in Seattle, and, and how could we really you know, help people and, you know, why? Yes. Why are we doing this? And, you know, it's one of those things where um, so many people have families. They also have families that uh, are not local. Uh Uh, They have have their own families. And so a lot of times they don't have time to be able to help, you know, their aging um, parents. Yes. Or as people are starting to grow older as well, a lot of times what we'll find is we'll be working uh, with some uh, parents and their kids will say, well, I'm starting to downsize too. Yes. So there's a lot of people out there that uh, just need this type of assistance and uh, at different levels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, that's where a a great passion for what you do in business coming from a big why behind it. So thank you so much for sharing that, Jennifer, uh, with my listeners. So how has senior downsizing changed since you started in 2011? Well, I think that uh, there's more of a recognition um, out there. People understand that this is a service Mm -hmm. that can be provided to them. Uh, When I first started, one of the things that would come up often is people would say, I I wish you knew you existed when my parents were going through this. Uh, We don't hear that quite as often. Uh, I think the other thing that has um, been a real positive is that there's just a lot more offices out there uh, Mm -hmm. providing this type of service. Uh, Caring Transitions alone now has seven offices in the um, Washington area. And so instead of being uh, restricted, you know, geographically as far as where you can get assistance, now you can basically reach out uh, no matter where you live in the state of Washington uh-huh. and have someone available to help you. So I think that that's been a big plus, just uh, there's more people out there being able to help a greater number of people. Yes. Yeah. So why should families use a professional downsizing service? Well, you know, it really depends on what a lot of their needs are. And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, understanding why you need help. um, When we talk to people about what we do, I mean, people understand... what packing is. People understand what, you know, estate sales services mm-hmm. are. They understand the whole concept of moving. A lot of times what they don't understand is why it's important to bring in a professional to assist. And I think one of the things uh, that's important, we touched on it earlier, is stress. Yes. Uh, it's really stressful. Yeah. And you all know uh, kind of what goes through to get someone from, you know, their current home to a smaller home over mm-hmm. a, a relatively short period of time. Yes. Uh, and so I think that just eliminating the stress dynamic within the family. Um, Also, just options. You know, a lot of times we um, are able to bring to the table greater options for families that perhaps they didn't know was available to them. So it's just Mm -hmm. having that knowledge base and opening up uh, the different opportunities to get things accomplished. you can't. There's different ways that you can approach downsizing someone. Uh-huh. It's not um, a cookie cutter, and so being able to go in and say, "Well, I think this is the best option for you. You should maybe think about doing this versus that." Yes. It's really just having some uh, professionals that have done this time and time again that can mm-hmm. make this work a little bit smoother for you. Makes sense. So, um, families that are considering using a company to assist with downsizing, what questions are important for them to ask that company to make sure that they're having they're choosing the 
right fit for them? Well, I would say it's important to know why you're reaching out as well. You okay. Know? So, so what is it that, you know, what are you trying to achieve? What does your family need? And once you kind of have an understanding of that, make sure that the person that you're working with can meet those needs. Mm-hmm. Um, are you someone that has your own employees? Do you start with, you know, us from start to finish? Do you manage the whole process? Do you subcontract out any part of the process? Um, you know, really just making sure that uh, what it is you need to have done that person can provide you if they can't make sure that they have you know other options available to you whether it's a you know a referral network or someone Mm -hmm. else that can can work with you to make those things happen um I think it's also important to ask for referrals. Um, you know, make sure you get recommendations, yes. referrals. Are you, you know, licensed? Are you insured? Mm-hmm. Just, you know, kind of the best business practices. Uh, now that the industry has grown and there's more people out there, uh, there's also a lot of people out there that just say, hey, I'm going to be a downsizing service. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit more to that as well. And so you just want to make sure that you do all of your research and ask all your questions and make sure that people are, um, you know, they're, they're in it for the right reason. And I always say, too, um, you know, make sure that the person you're working with is open minded. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I found, and it's uh, I think it's one of the most interesting things about what we do is that every day and every scenario is a little bit different. Uh So someone needs to be able to go in, uh, walk into someone's home and think outside the box. uh, What's the best way to make this work for this family? And so um, just being able to think creative, creative creatively, I think can be a a benefit as well. Well, and I mean, in in all of our industries um, and professions, it's important to have, you know, um, great passion for people and to be able to navigate different personalities, but even more so um, in what you're doing, because you're dealing with families and sometimes, you know, multiple siblings and everybody has a different opinion. And so really being able to navigate through that process, I would imagine would be really critically important as well. It is very important. Yeah, I I believe so. Yes. Yeah. So, so we talked about, you've talked about a referral network. Do you have a referral network for clients that are working with you? If there's pieces of services that you don't offer that you're going to get them connected with those right companies? We do. It's really important. Uh, whenever I go to meet with a client and I say this all the time, you know, I may not be the perfect fit for what you need to have done, yes. but I'll certainly try and find someone that is. And so we've spent uh, a lot of time uh, meeting with uh, different providers. And, uh-huh. You know, there's like several we right like we have in the studio, which is wonderful. <laughs> and just finding those people that can, yes. um, you know, are available are um, reputable and that can work hard and on on behalf of the client. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is definitely, I think, important. If we can't, uh, if we're not the right fit, and sometimes we're not, sure. Uh, let's make sure we find someone that can provide the correct service for that yes. for that family. Okay. Yeah. Uh, downsizing. When is the best time to start that process? <laughs> I always. I know say, we should always be downsizing. <laughs> should always be downsizing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, <clears throat> you know, you can downsize at any age. Yes. You know, everyone seems to think that you need to be a senior but I don't know if that's necessarily true. Uh-huh. I think that uh, we've done projects for people where they've started planning years in advance. Mm-hmm. We've done projects for people where I get a phone call and say, my house is closing in two weeks. I need to have everything out. Yeah. Uh, I think the more time you give yourself, the better, because mm-hmm. um, again, it goes back to that stress and also just the ability to make 
good decisions. Yes. Uh, people tend to make better decisions, um, that they're happier with long term when they're not under these time restrictions. Of course. Um, and that's one thing uh, with families and their, their belongings. There's such a connection to the things they've had in their homes for so many years when they feel that there's this uh, time constraint to get rid of things. They may make these choices that down the road they're going to be really um, upset about, unhappy mm-hmm. with, or, you know, just sad that they had to, you know, get rid of grandma's, you know, old cedar chest or yes. whatever it is. And so I just feel that if you give yourself a little bit more time, you can make better choices um, that long term that you and the family will be happier, li- happier living with. Yeah, so. great advice. So we've been talking about senior downsizing, mm-hmm. but I know your company doesn't just work with seniors, right. correct? Right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've worked in the past with um, single family members. So maybe mom or dad, uh, two kids, they need um, help because they're getting ready to move. We've worked with um, busy professionals. They just don't Mm -hmm. have time to do it themselves. Uh, We do a lot of work with people that might have collections, like specific items that they want to liquidate and maybe don't have another option out there to be able to do it. So there's a lot of reasons why people downsize. Sometimes it's because maybe they've been collecting a certain thing for many years and they're just they're tired of collecting those items. And so let's um, move them on to someone else and, you know, maybe start a different collection. So I get calls for all sorts of reasons. So it's not just about seniors. That just seems to be the demographic that needs a little bit more help. assistance, yes. Yeah. Makes sense. We're open to talk to anyone. So... Uh, you know, that's never an issue for me. I love yeah. to meet with all sorts of people. So, Jennifer, first step to get things started would be? call. Just call, reach out, call for a mm-hmm. consult, whether it's Caring Transitions Office or someone else you know that uh, does downsizing services. Uh, make an appointment and uh, have us come out, take a look around. Again, you know, we may be the perfect fit for what you need to have done or we may not, but let's at least have a conversation and start moving you in the direction of of what could be the right fit. So uh, anytime, schedule appointment and uh, ask a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and go from there. So as I wrap up my time here with you, I've got a couple minutes left. I would love to sh- um, to uh, finish our time together with a story and a recent example of, of someone that you've helped in the senior downsizing and how it made an impact on their family and made that process easier. Well, actually, one that I just uh, worked on this past summer that um, it was so much fun. It was very fascinating. Uh, it was a family. It was a large family. There were uh-huh. six siblings involved. And uh, mom and dad, over the course of many, many years, had collected uh, quite well, uh, amassed quite a large collection of Native American um, items. Mm-hmm. Um, everything from baskets to pottery and implements and just just the most amazing collection and uh, when the family uh, when mom had passed away and they needed to go ahead and uh, start getting the house ready to sale there was this big question about how are we going to take care of this you know do we ship a hundred items here do we other items here you know who gets this and mm-hmm. it became this just stopping point where this collection that had brought so much joy to the family over the course of the years yeah. was now the reason why they weren't able to sort of move on get the house on the market mm-hmm. and make all of these things happen. And so I was fortunate enough to be able to work with this family uh, and work with them doing some online auctions uh, to liquidate this 
amazing collection. And what was so great is that since we did it online, we were able to uh, get this uh, large footprint out there across the United States. So a lot of these beautiful pieces went to not only resellers, but to collections. Mm -hmm. wow. um, so the family just felt this great relief knowing that all of these things that their family had cherished so much yeah. weren't just going to shops to be resold, that they yes. were going to be cherished and taken care of. And kind of their history is going to be passed on through other collectors Love in the Northwest it. as well. So. Those don't happen every day, but yeah. I sure love it when they do. Well, so. it's, a, it's a great story and a testament and, and why the importance of, of really having an expert to help navigate through that process. And Jennifer, again, I really appreciate you ha having you here. Look forward to having you back. Thank you so much. Yeah. And this is your host and mortgage expert signing off for the day. But I'll be here uh, next weekend, same time, same place, right here at 1150 AM KKNW. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, is a licensed loan originator with Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, NMLS 7233. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Gateway Mortgage Group, LLC.